And whenever you and I stand in the presence of men and we live righteously, not self-righteous, righteously, by being obedient to the word of God, loving our neighbor as ourselves and loving God with all of our hearts and minds and might and everything that is within us, people are going to despise you and they're going to hate you. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today, as Raul continues our series focused on God's life-shaping love, he'll show you how vital it is to daily abide in Christ, finding strength for your heart and guidance for your steps. We'll learn today that with the world's increasingly opposed views of Jesus, it's more crucial than ever to continually commune with our Savior. If you have your Bible handy, join us in John's Gospel as Raul Reese begins. Now Jesus begins in chapter 15, beginning with verse 1, and says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Notice that. And of course, when we talk about the vine in the Old Testament, the vine is always in reference to, to the nation of Israel. Whenever you talk about the vine in the Old Testament... And that was actually the symbol they used at the door of the temple of the vine, representing the nation of Israel. And then again, look what he says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, that it may bear more fruit. Now, what Jesus is going to do here, he's going to be talking about our relationship with Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. He's talking about a vine and the branches that go out through the vine. And he says there are some branches that actually are pruned so they can bring more fruit, but then other branches dry up and they're cut off and they're cast into the fire. Notice what he's saying. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Notice that. Does not bear fruit. It takes away. But every branch that bears fruit, he prunes or he purchases, notice, that it may bear more fruit. Now, I don't know anything about trees, okay? But I know one thing, that whenever you trim a tree and you cut it back and you do it right, it's going to do what? It's going to bring forth more fruit. You see? When you go up to a tree and you see some of the actual vines on the tree, the stems, and they're already dried up, you can't keep them on the tree. You have to cut them off. And what do you do with them? You cast them out into the fire. Notice what he's saying here. Because in verse 3, look what he's going to say. You already are clean because of the word which I have spoken unto you. You notice that the cleansing power comes through the teaching of the word of God that keeps us away from sin. The Word of God cleanses us, washes us, our minds, our hearts, our lives. That's why it's important for people to come and to sit 
And to hear the word of God and the teaching of the word of God. Why? Because the word of God endures and abides forever. But there are churches that will actually do topical studies. And they'll have a lot of emotionalism. Experience. They do a lot of healing. They do a lot of singing. A lot of worship. But there's no expository teaching. You can talk to some of those people which I've talked to, and a lot of them, they're not really grounded in the Word of God, rooted and grounded in the Word of God. They think they're very spiritual people, but when it comes to the things of God, they don't know the Word of God. So what does the Word of God do? It cleanses us. It makes us rooted and grounded in God's love, in God's grace, in God's mercy. But then look again in verse 4 where he says, Abide in me, and I in you. The word abide means to dwell, to stay in the Greek. He says, As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. You see, when you're in a vine, you can't be on your own. You can't do your own thing. You're either with the vine, and you're part of the branches with the vine, or you're going to be cast off. You're going to be cut. Because then you have no source of life. You see? Jesus Christ is the vine. We are the branches. And there are two set of branches. Those that are bringing forth fruit. And those that are going to be cut off. Why? Because they are not bearing fruit in their lives. Look what else he says. Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Notice that the only way to be fruitful is through, through Jesus Christ. No other way. No other possible way to become fruitful unless we are in Jesus Christ. You see, fruit comes through the relationship that I have personally with Jesus Christ. And that's through prayer, through the teaching of the Word of God, through my daily devotions with God, spending time in the Word of God, and then fellowshipping with other people that are Christians. That makes me not only accountable and responsible, but it makes me grow in the things of God. Why? Because I'm going to be with people that love the God that I love. And we're going to be talking about the same things. We're going to connect. But if you hang out with people that don't like to talk about God, then what do you have in common with them? Nothing. You see? You'll become like them. That's why it's really important to stay connected to the vine and to those branches that are bearing fruit and are being purged. Then he says in verse 5, I am the vine. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit For without me, underline this, you can do nothing. Let's settle that tonight. Apart from Jesus Christ, you and I can do nothing. So we might as well stop doing it. Let's settle one thing in our minds and hearts tonight. We know for a fact that apart from Jesus Christ, I can do nothing. Nothing. I don't care what I try to do. That's because Jesus is the truth. And the truth is abiding in Jesus Christ, you see, when we're abiding in him. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, what happens to that person? He is cast out as the branch that is withered. You see? 
Eternal security. You have to come to your own conclusions. I know that I am eternally secure as long as I am abiding in Jesus Christ. And how do I abide? I abide daily with Jesus Christ. My relationship with Jesus Christ is not weekly, monthly, or yearly. It is daily with Christ. Daily. It's a daily relationship. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned. What do you think he's talking about? He's talking about the fire of hell. A person that is not abiding is not fruitful. He's a cast off. He's thrown out. The only way you can make it to heaven, the only way you can survive is to be connected to the vine. You see? Connected to the vine. That's where there's life. Apart from the vine, there is no life. And the moment a person leaves Jesus Christ, he's what? He's leaving the vine. He's cut off from the vine. You have to be connected. And the way to be connected is to be in fellowship with God. Verse 7. He says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Now notice what he says here. The promise of obedience. If I am doing what God says, if I am staying, dwelling in Jesus, and my word abides in you, notice what he's saying here, then you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you, praying according to the will of God. Verse 7 again. So if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. He says, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be what? My disciples. Who's the disciples? Those there are bearing much fruit. You see? If a person is not bearing fruit, he's not a disciple. That's just plain words. You're not a disciple of Christ if you are not bearing what? Fruit. Then he says in verse 8, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. How? A life of obedience through the word of God. You see? Through the word of God, I become fruitful to Jesus Christ. That's how I live my life. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Don't forget, we're here to fortify your faith with biblical guidance and invite you to join Rawl on his YouTube channel every week for Straight Talk. It airs Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. You can also visit somebodylovesyou.com or call us anytime at 800-634-9165. Now back to more teaching with Rawl Reese. Verse 9, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. What does He do? He says, you want to get to heaven? Look at me and look what I do for the Father. I and the Father are one, and I want you to be one with me. The commandments, the Ten Commandments? No. Two commandments. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Two commandments that He's talking about. Verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abiding His love. These things I have spoken unto you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is the first time in the Gospels that he uses the word joy. 
Why? He doesn't use happiness. Why? Happiness is only a temporal thing. It's an emotional thing. But joy is the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. It brings character. It brings attitude. Endurance. You see? We notice that this attitude comes as we not only look at Jesus Christ, because this was the attitude that Jesus Christ had when he had to go to the cross. Why? Because he denied himself. So if I want to really be keeping God's commandments, loving God, loving my neighbor as myself, I have to learn to deny myself, to crucify myself, to become nothing for Christ. And then he will exalt me. He will lift me up. He will do whatever he wants in my life. And this joy that he gives to us, it is the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. Something that is lasting is not just once in a while. But it's something steady on course that your joy may be full. Then look at verse 12. Now he's going to talk about friendships and obedience. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Notice what we're commanded to do. That's a hard one. To love one another. Think of how many people in the body of Christ, friends and loved ones that don't love each other. And yet they call themselves Christians. There's relatives that hate other relatives. And they're in the church. Imagine that. It's so sad. Or somebody here in the church hurts you and now you're mad at them and now you hate them. Well, how can you call yourself a Christian if you have hate in your heart? You can't. The commandment is to love one another. The commandment is to love one another even as Christ loved, you see, the world and gave himself for it. Look at verse 13. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for his friends. He says, if you love somebody, what are you going to do? You're going to sacrifice your life for them. That's what Jesus did. When I was in Vietnam, we all not only made a pact together, but they were friends of mine that sacrificed their life for us. In war, you do that. How much more now that we are in God's team and we are Christians? How can we say that we love God in 1 John And then say we love God, which God we've never seen, but yet my brother's right in front of me. And how can I hate him when I haven't even seen God and say I love God when I hate my brother? It's contradictory. We need to love one another. Greater love had no one than this, than he laid down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if, here's the condition, if you do whatever I do command you. And what's his command? To love. That's the command. You want to be Jesus' friend? You got to love your enemies. You got to love one another. Then this is what he says. You are my friends. If you do whatever I command you, no longer do I call you servants, slaves, dulois. Watch. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I call you now friends, For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Notice that. What a great privilege it is to become the friend of God. Like Abraham was God's friend. Imagine that. That you and I tonight can become 
the friend of God as we get close to the heart of God by submitting our lives, by repenting, by denying ourselves, and by being upright and having integrity among ourselves, being honest in your confession, honest in your repentance, honest in your relationships, honest with your relationship with God, then God can really help you. But if you're a hypocrite or a phony, then you cannot be the friend of God. You will be like Judas among the twelve. You'll end up betraying the Lord. He was a phony. He's a hypocrite. He ate. He slept. He walked. He did the whole thing with them. And yet he was not one of them. He was a betrayer because he didn't have love. Jesus never called him friend. But he calls his disciples friends. And if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, you and I must love people. We must love them. Look what else he says. Verse 15. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I call you friends, for all things that I have heard my father I have made known unto you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This is one of the hardest scriptures in the whole Bible. Divine election. (laughs) No one can understand this fully to its full sense. Not even the Calvinists. I believe in the sovereignty of God. I believe in divine election too. But at the same time, I believe that we have the will and we can choose or we can reject the Lord Jesus Christ. You see? That's what makes me a free moral agent. I'm not a puppet. You see? And so I thank God that not only people were praying for me and everything that I went through in my life, that when God was ready to choose me, which was from the foundations of the world, but he knew exactly the time when I would come to know him that he chose me at the age of 24 years old and I committed my life to him completely. I wish I would have been younger, but that's when God chose to choose me. And now here you are. When God chose you, he appointed you that you should go now and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And then if your fruit remains, what happens? That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Again, praying according to the will of God. I like praying like that. Because he says these things, I command you. Again, look how he ends it. That you love one another. That you love one another. Hey, God does not exclude anybody. Everybody has an opportunity to come to know Jesus Christ and you have to make the choice. Whether you're young or old, it doesn't matter. God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. That's what the Bible teaches. And so divine election here. Then look at verse 18 to 27 now. Now concerning what's going to happen to us. It happened to the disciples, it will happen to you. He says the world will hate you. He says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. I mean, so why do you get offended when somebody reproaches you or they hate you? Hey, if they did it to Jesus, who do you think you are? Better than Jesus? No way. You see? Jesus says, they're going to hate you. They're not going to receive you with open arms. If you're a Christian, the world is going to despise you. They're going to hate you. Because of what you stand for. 
Especially when you stand for righteousness and integrity, and you stand for what's good and not evil, people will hate you and they'll come against you. Verse 19. If you were of the world, oh, look at this. The world would love its own. Hey, be glad. Yet because you are not of the world, get that, you are not of the world. Yes, we live in the world. We were born in this world, but we are not of the world. But I, God, notice I, Jesus, have chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you because they hated Jesus. Remember that. You're in good company. When someone says, I hate you, say, thank you. Because they hated Jesus first. (laughs) I love it. Verse 20. Remember the word that I said unto you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Notice Jesus is setting the example. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake. Notice that everything they do... It's against who? Jesus. They hate Jesus. The Pharisees hated Jesus. People in the world today hate Jesus. But all these things, again, verse 21. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake because they do not know him who sent me. There it is. They don't know the Father. And again, verse 20. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater. Verse 21. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake. Because they do not know him who sent me. And if I had not come and spoken to them. Now notice what happens here. Responsibility. Accountability. Too much is given. Much more is required. If I had not come and spoken to them. They would not have sinned. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoa. Knowledge brings what? Responsibility when you sit in this room. Interesting. Knowledge brings responsibility. There is none of you here tonight that I would ever leave, never come back here. You would be responsible for God's word already. Think about that. We certainly hope that today's lesson has inspired you to spend more daily time with the Lord, allowing Him to strengthen your faith and fill you with His love. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review today's lesson, call 800-634-9165, and we'll send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. When you get in touch with us, ask for Raul's message titled, Abiding in Christ. We'd also like to tell you about Rawls' booklet titled Understanding God's Compassion. It's a four-chapter resource that will lift your spirit with biblical assurances of the Lord's desire and ability to forgive your sins, heal your heart, provide for your needs, and protect you in adversity. As you ground yourself in these truths, you'll see how that the Lord can use you to bless others and bring glory to His name. So don't wait. To order Rawls' book titled Understanding God's Compassion, Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send your copy for just $5 plus shipping and handling. Once again, that phone number is 800-634-9165. Our mailing address, if you'd like to order that way, is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We are fully committed to supporting your spiritual journey with the hope and wisdom of God's Word. 
Let us know if there are more ways that we can serve you. We also invite you to take full advantage of our wide range of free resources. Download our app to your iPhone or Android to easily access digital Bible studies, scripture-based teaching, and a reading guide for your own daily devotions. You can also catch Rawls' messages as podcasts. All of these programs are available to download using Spotify and iTunes. And to learn more about what's happening on your behalf here at Somebody Loves You Radio, visit us anytime on Instagram and Facebook. We are a listener-supported ministry, and we're funded through the partnership of listeners like you. Your generosity helps keep us on the air. And of course, every gift is tax-deductible. Next time, as we continue this series focused on the greatness of God's heart, we'll see how His powerful love enables Him to not only forgive, but to forget our sin. Don't miss out on that lesson. Now, here's Roel Reese once again with a closing comment from today's teaching. Verse 25, But this happened, that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in Psalm thirty-five, nineteen, and also 69, 4. They hated me without a cause. How tragic and how sad. They hated me without a cause. What did Jesus do? Nothing. And they hated him. Because he brought good. Because he told people they were living in sin. They hated him. And whenever you and I stand in the presence of men. And we live righteously. Not self-righteous. Righteously. By being obedient to the word of God, loving our neighbor as ourselves, and loving God with all of our hearts and minds and might and everything that is within us, people are going to despise you and they're going to hate you. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.